Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Have you ever found, Jason, a analytic for heart and leadership? I, I will say this. I think heart and leadership can be also overrated at times. How about that? I'll say this, though. Duncan Keith was a player who was an elite player and a major contributor on a cup-contending team. You know, he played a nice role, but he wasn't a difference maker. He was just part of the team. And, and you need a lot of good players to win, but you definitely need a few great ones. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It certainly is. Happy Wednesday, everybody. It's Canada's daytime sports talk show. We welcome our uh, friends around the world of Canadian sports fans. Moose DuPont there, RP here. And everybody thinks that I'm worked up today. I'm not worked up. But you're gonna, if you're just tuning in, you're going to find out why. What a very enlightening interview last hour with Sid Sixero. My old buddy from the score. And I promised I was going to tell some score stories, yes. didn't I? And then I got derailed by the viewers who were trying to tell me what to do on the show and disagreeing with me. So Sid explained why he left Tim, uh, Tim and Sid, the very popular Sportsnet drive show on radio and television out of Toronto, and he went to Toronto's breakfast television. And I got the sense that this is the first time that Sid has explained why he left. It feels it, like yeah, it. Yeah, and, and we used to work together on the score 20 years ago. And you young kids probably don't even know what the score is. I would hope they do. I know you do. Oh, yeah. we all, there was a big game. We've gone through this before. Tim McAuliffe, Sarah Orleski, Arash Madani, Elliot Friedman, Glenn McDonald, who's apparently not working today at Game Plus, but normally he is one of the top programming guys. There was a lot of us where we all got to be friends and we've stayed friends for decades since, and it's just a nice thing. And we all have this connection. I love it. Uh, this hour, John Forsland of the Seattle Crack and their TV uh, voice is going to be joining us. This is the second half kickoff for the Four Seasons Sports Palace. And uh, Jennifer is watching down at the Four Seasons. I've been saving her comment. I should have introduced you to her the other night at the UFC. Did I? You did not. Okay. Jen, next time, I'll introduce you to Moose. Um, but she says, spicy show today. Mike Blackbird in Toronto says, no spicier than normal. He knows. How about that? Uh, James Zylstra's had some very nice comments in today, and he says, uh, I loved the score. I loved it, too. <laughs> Which it still operates, by the way. This morning when I was uh, pounding away on the elliptical, I was going through the channels, and the 360 came up. Sportsnet 360. That's what That's, was the score. Yes, Sportsnet 360. Yeah. That's right. Man, it was so good. I mean, as a broadcaster, I'm probably the youngest of the score group, like grew up watching the score. I'm yeah. probably in the youngest early 30s, right? Was probably, I think if you're in your 20s, you're not really familiar with it. But like on the road as a sports guy doing play-by-play and traveling on the bus and staying in hotels, you watch that on a loop. Yeah. The highlights. And you got everything. And you caught it three, four, five times. And you just knew what happened in every single game. And you knew every single player. And it was, it was be- amazing because of the score. Yeah. John Ohm in Winnipeg. Ohm. He says, never knew Rod worked at the Score Network. I sure liked watching it back then. Yeah, it's awesome. Back on point. So today is the however many year anniversary of Deron Carter in Montreal knocking over Ottawa head coach Rick Campbell on his way off the field. And so I said he was a victim and um, because he's my guy. So is Rick Campbell too, by the way. But Rick, get out of the way. Get off the field, Rick. 
Duran ends up getting suspended. He's the victim. That's my take. So I've been having some back and forth with Jeff the Stamps fan and Mandy and their regular viewers of the show for sure. And they were, they were upset that I, I guess, wouldn't engage. They wanted to have a back and forth on this. And I said, it's okay to disagree. I'm not going to sit and argue with you. There's a difference. You don't agree with my opinion that Duran was a victim. That's fine. But I'm not going to have a running argument. Gino DePauli's watching. The voice of the Okotoks Oilers. He says, the score was amazing when I was a kid. Loved watching the ticker constantly. I feel the ticker was started there. Miss it. Maybe it was. Might have been. We were very innovative at the score oh, yeah. at the time. Uh, and by the way, just lastly on the score, which I understand. <laughs> John in Winnipeg says, what's with the white? We're all wearing white. I don't know. It just happens. So do I need to call you in the morning and find out what you're wearing? We can only wear it. What do they say? We can only wear it until Labor Day, so we're getting it out of the way. <laughs> So they say, ah, uh, yesterday we were wearing Navy. Yeah. Um, anyways, I'll just say this. When I went into Toronto with the Rough Riders, I was working for the score. I was the regional correspondent out here in Western Canada, and I would go down to the score and just go around and shake everybody's hands. I'm Rod. I'm the Western guy. Da, da, da. And that's where I met Glenn McDonald and all these people face-to-face. It was amazing. And we stayed friends decades later. That's the cool thing about that. Yeah. We just all got along really well. Two other topics. Uh, the poll question, which we've barely talked about tonight, and that's on us, or today. Who's the most coveted free agent in the NHL this month? Ryan Getzlaff, Taylor Hall, Dougie Hamilton, or Alex Ovechkin? And they're all in alphabetical order. Dougie Hamilton's winning on Twitter with 47% of the vote. What are they saying on Facebook? Ovechkin's got 58. He was 80 before. Dougie Hamilton and Taylor Hall are kind of jockeying for second place right now. I think Dougie Hamilton's kind of the odds-on favorite. I think people think Ovechkin's going to get a deal done in Washington. Well, but I would have said that about Getzlaff. Like, are they saying he's too old? Is that why he's not coveted? Too old? He'll be a really good role player. He's now entering the Joe Thornton, Jason Spezza, Corey Perry realm. He's entering that a little bit, but still provides a ton of value. Leadership, size, all those good things. Sure. Yeesh. I got to send uh, a note to the Getz laughs because I haven't. Well, I've talked to Chris, but not about his brother. And what, which, which, which way is leaning? Because I think most people would just expect Ryan wouldn't leave Anaheim. Right. He owns a car dealership down there, for God's sakes. He's got to run a car dealership. Yeah. Or maybe he wants to go to Edmonton. Like a la Duncan Keith, a la Duncan Keith. Gets has a vacation home in Kelowna, oh, just like Duncan Keith. Boy, I like that fit. Uh, too. Uh, How about that? <laughs> I like that. They're really very reluctantly coming off the score topic here. Colin McAnulty in Ottawa says the score was great television. I miss Cam the redhead. I was always wondering if he hit an eight ball before he went on air. He was so hyper. <laughs> Um, don't think so, but they also did that show drafted, which they had all the interns. You want to do a drafted here? Yeah, I do. They, we had, I we, do. it was after I left the score, but they had drafted and was it after I left? Maybe it was while I was there. doesn't matter. They had all these interns and they picked one. It was like the apprentice before the apprentice. It was like the bachelor before the bachelor. Yeah. It was American Idol of broadcasting. Yes. It was fun to watch, It was too. really cool. They never called me to be on it. I was disappointed, but... 
as we were saying earlier about people like us that are savants, trailblazers in a way, the score was so far ahead of its time and then they torch it. And here we are decades later talking about how great it was. Mike Blackbird says, wasn't Cabby on the score? Yes, Cabral Richards, who always got me Blue Jays tickets when I was in town. And then it became Ivanka Osmak, who... I'm not sure she was on the score, but I'm buddies with her brother. This whole country is like one big house party, I think. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's the meme. When we're running the score clip on Instagram, it should say this entire country is one big house party. <laughs> That's the meme. Do we want to get serious yet? Because I'm okay playing it either way. Yeah. Because somebody sent me from the 640 a text of a tweet from CTV TSN's Claire Hanna with what's going on at Saskatchewan Rough Riders practice. But unfortunately, I haven't figured out this LG phone from Prairie Mobile. I don't think it's got data. It's just got... Sorry, I don't think it's got... I can just get messages, not You can't click internet. on it. Maybe you don't have Twitter yeah. downloaded. Don't have... I don't know. Can you just tell me what she said? I can't click on what she tweeted. But it has to do with, as I said, we're going to get serious here. The, uh, the player, Dion Lacey, the former Buffalo Bill, oh. that was in camp with the Riders, and he's pulled off the field yesterday because of COVID protocol. And that's all that's been said. Do you want it? He's got it. He's looking. He's going to the big board. Yeah, so she was talking. She asked, I believe, load, 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 load. Um, she asked the Riders, what does being in COVID protocol mean? She quote-tweeted Farhan, who said Lacey's in COVID protocol. Right. And they said they're not allowed to say anything further to the fact that he's in COVID protocol. Couldn't tell you what that means. She Boy. asked. Boy. I think just it means you got to get him off the field before. Once you find out, you can't, in good conscience, let him continue to participate and risk spreading COVID to your teammates. Right. So as soon as you so find for, out, forget the forty minutes ago that he was in the locker room. For with sure, him. but you didn't know. But once you know, it's like we can't anymore. What do you do? Because COVID knows. I guess that forty minutes. Let's get him off the field now because forty minutes ago, when he was around all his locker rooms, when he was in the shower with all his guys, COVID didn't know then. But now we know. Well, that's the it's test. eleven eleven. By the way, that's the testing, right? That needs to. You need to know that information before you get on the field. That's the idea. But when you find out, no matter when it is, you can only make decisions based on the information you have. So if you don't have the information 40 minutes ago, you can't let them. I mean, why would you take them off the field if you don't have any information? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it still makes no sense. Though. I know. It's, it's, it's so, complicated. So furthermore, back to last hour, if you weren't watching, I um, had a lengthy conversation with a coach in the States last week about all these things. And that's why I get a little upset when people that watch this show and are CFL fans and write in and say, oh, Rod, you no, 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 you're wrong because this is what they said on TV. Yeah, I know what they want you to think. <laughs> they want you to think that Andrew Harris walked off practice the other day to go to an appointment. That's what they want you to think. So... That's why I'm having a tough time covering the CFL because what really is there right now? This, this, let's just look at the truth. Dion Lacey left the field yesterday because of COVID protocol. Why? Well, we can't tell you that. All right, well, when you sort it out, get back to us. Four Achilles popped last week. Why? 
We don't want to talk about that because we're moving on. Camp's open on Saturday. We don't want to talk about that. Okay, what do you want to talk about? So with that coach in the States last week, he's like, yeah, this is what I hear. The CFL is where the NFL was last year. Why that is, I don't, I don't know. Because football players are football players. From the CFL to the NFL to the XFL, you know that. They're ballers. 70% are vaccinated. No, what is, I think it's like 30% are vaccinated was the, was the figure that I heard. Not that many. But would you feel that it would be that hard to think that a player, if he's not vaccinated... In this climate, although it's been a year and a half of pandemic, might contract COVID somewhere? I don't think it's that hard to believe, is it? No. So a year ago when they were doing it in the National Football League, this is what happened. We mentioned Des Bryant. Wasn't it Thursday night football? He's in warm-up with the Ravens. Just what happened yesterday with the Riders is what happened to Des Bryant. I was watching the game. And the trainers walked out onto the field and... Uh, Des, you got a positive COVID test. You got to come with us. He's like, what? I'm in the middle of stretching. I feel great. You got to come with us. Remember, he was going to quit. He tweeted after the game. I'm going to retire. This is a joke. He's like, I just tested negative, just tested negative, just tested negative. And then after that, he had a couple of negative tests or something. And it was ended up being a false positive or whatever they call it. And (laughs) he ended up being fine. But for precautionary reasons, because of that one positive test, they had to take him off the field and... Right, and this is not, I don't think, this Canadian Football League's fault, but they're no further ahead than where the NFL was last year. Do you think the uh, CFL wants this? They don't want this. This is the rules that they have to play under, by the way. Yeah. But they can't divulge any more information than what they've been allowed other than he's in COVID protocol. It just seems like every other league's moved past this, and I don't know why. Is it a money thing? Is it a Canadian government thing? Shoot, I saw the story about the uh, Blue Jays coming home for the end of the year. Did you see that? Uh, Arden Zwelling? Was it? No. Who's the other guy? Shai Davidi. Say, say what? No, it was Shai Davidi. So if they do welcome fans back to Rogers Center for the Blue Jays this fall, they're going to have to be masked. They're going to have to be six feet apart. That was Shai Davidi's report after the All-Star game last night. So I guess it's more a Canadian-American thing than anything, and yet all the restrictions are open here. I don't understand it. People are writing in saying, why, why this, why that? I don't know. I've gotten to some really smart people in the last year and said, listen, you should know. You're a health person. You're a government. Why is this happening? Don't know. Where is this? Oh, by the way, Mandy in Edmonton. She's still with us. She says, uh, I used to point out in French class in high school when it was 11-11. I eventually got kicked out because of it. Nobody's going to kick us out. Because why? Can we go to the two-shot again? Can we go to the two-shot again? Why are we not going to get to What does it say in the... What does it say, Darren? Tell me, please. The Rod Peterson Show. We can point out whatever the hell we want. Every day. For hours. And somebody's calling the text line. What about, don't call. I should answer it and say, what, this, you're supposed to text this number, not call it. Brought to you by Prairie Mobile. Prairie Mobile is your authorized SaskTel mobility dealer. Uh, so when we come back, John Forslund of the Seattle Crack and their TV play-by-play voice. And I trust, trust me, John, we're not going to talk about COVID at all, okay? We're going to talk expansion draft. We're going to talk Seattle. A little bit about John. These Stanley Cup playoffs, lots to get to with him. We'll be right back.
You're watching the Rod Peterson Show on the Game Plus Television Network, which, by the way, is available in Seattle on TDS Cable on Game Plus, all through Washington State and Oregon. Also digitally streaming YouTube and Facebook and 24-hour sports talk for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey, Moose, how are you enjoying summer? It's amazing. <laughs> of course it is. And I got to ask, are you ready to unveil your beach bod? I don't know. You already have. You're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The 4.0. Complement your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. You'd like to take your gear off on the lake? <laughs> Let's be honest. You got me. Check your social media. You can see it. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. That's all one word and the number 20. FANSIDED20. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. Got you sold yet, Moose? Uh, I think so. It's, it's one of those delicate things, but if you're going to do it, you got to do it right. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. Welcome back, everybody. Here we go. It is hour two of the RP show, and um, I'm so happy. Just hang on before we bring on John Forslund, the TV voice of the Seattle Kraken. Also, uh, formerly the NHL and NBC, Carolina Hurricanes, and a lot of other teams besides that. I'm glad he's been on here before, so he kind of gets what we're doing here. This is the most interactive show in North America. And yes, we're on Game Plus TV Network, but we're also digital. So I've been having a back and forth, John, with our viewers today. One is Mandy in Edmonton. She's getting up me about disagreeing with something. Well, she's about to have a baby. And she's written in and she says, I'm waiting for this baby to be born. He's been listening to Rod five days a week since his conception. He'll recognize Rod's voice when he's born. Don't kick us out now, Rod. I wasn't kicking you out for disagreeing with me. I just, you're welcome to leave if you don't agree with what I'm saying. That's not kicking out. No. No. I mean, you can't write in either. No. Well, you can write in. I'm just not going to listen to it. Okay. Let's bring him in, please. John Forslund. Happy summer, sir. How are you? Good, Rod. How are you? Very good. Johnny, where are you hanging your hat right now in the summertime? Yeah. It's a cracking hat, as you can ah, see. But I'm, nice. I'm right, right, now, right now I'm in Raleigh, and uh, I'll be going to Seattle on the weekend. I'll be there for the two drafts. Kind of back and forth. We got a lot of balls in the air with our family, but uh, I'll be back out again in August and then full bore come September and uh, can't wait. Boy, I got a lot of questions for you hockey-wise now that I think of Raleigh. And, and one of those is Dean Chanel going to the Leafs. I want to get your take on that. But just ab- about the Kraken and the draft. And Moose, would, yeah. you mind grabbing the, would you mind grabbing the jersey if you don't I mind? I think, I think we need it. We got a Kraken jersey here that I feel like I need to show off. <laughs> Good. Uh, actually, Good. Let's, look, let's look back for a second at these Stanley Cup playoffs, John. Because we all, you were in our living rooms mm. for months watching the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I... I thought they're amazing. Some people said that they weren't as exciting, especially the way Tampa won the, their style. How did you feel about these Stanley yeah. Cup playoffs? Well, a couple of different ways, Rod. Number one, I thought the hockey was better than 
cause markets in the States, the fans came back. And in some places they came back in a big way. So in the second round, I and game one at TD garden was spectacular. And the fact that that was the first game that they loosened up all the restrictions, allowed everybody back into the garden, full house. Uh, it it was more or less a celebration of, of the return of life, the return of uh, um, social well-being, so to speak. The hockey was there. The hockey was center stage. That series evolved into a great one, I thought, physically, the two teams. It was a joy to cover. But then we went to Long Island, and it, it ratcheted up again because of the old barn in the last season at Nassau Coliseum. And again, they went from a vaccinated half of the Coliseum and an unvaccinated half of the Coliseum to everybody allowed in and the roof came off and it was absolutely spectacular. So uh, then I experienced Vegas in the third round, Vegas and Montreal. That was two different worlds and we were locked down again as as media people. And that was uh, difficult because there were no restrictions in Las Vegas, but we were locked down. Obviously, a lot of restrictions in Montreal. They never opened up the Bell Center, and that's just a shame. Uh, and we were locked down there. So that's how my experience was personally. I thought, the again, I thought the hockey was, was very good. I, I, I understand what a lot of the fans uh, are saying about the way Tampa plays. But, hey, listen, they, they, they learned a couple of years ago when they were uh, bounced out in that record-setting season in the first round and four straight by Columbus, how they needed to play, how they needed to bolster their lineup to win it all. And they do it in back-to-back -back fashion from the goal out absolutely so good on them they are worthy champions and i can't wait for a normal season i hope we get there well i'll tell you what as i said to those that were complaining about the playoffs i say hockey's like pizza to me john it's all good some's just better than others and i Correct. fully loved i loved it all That's right and and you'll appreciate this uh one here's our kraken jersey that's going it's one of the prizes to the winners of our pool perfect and Jennifer Perfect. writes in from the Four Seasons. She says, I got to get a Kraken jersey for my boss now. The guy that owns the Four Seasons Sports Palace died in the wool Leafs fan. He's done with the Leafs. He's switching to the Kraken. And he, because he told me he couldn't cheer Good. for the Golden Knights, which is my team. We couldn't cheer for the same team. He needs a rub. How much are you hearing of that, John? New fans that aren't just in Seattle. How much of that are you hearing? A lot. And um, a lot, even in this area. I think there's, there's a built in intrigue uh, about how they've gone about their business so far. Um, they want to be obviously successful, right? Everybody does, but they want to be a model franchise on and off the ice. And a lot of the things they've done so far off the ice, maybe with the exception of hiring me, uh, that might be the only <laughs> flaw so far. Uh, they've done, they've, they've done a nice job um, reaching out to their community, reaching out to the NHL in general, in terms of initiatives, uh, diversity, inclusion, a lot of these things we talk about now, we're going into a new frontier. I really believe that. And, and sports will have its place. Sometimes there's some controversy attached to this right now, but I think over time, we're gonna see what kind of leaders we're, we're talking about. So they wanna be that team. And because of that, I think uh, it's a perfect market for it. I know the building will be spectacular. The practice rink is spectacular. Um, and the fans will bring a passion that we see, I think, with the Seahawks and maybe back in the day with the, with the Sonics when they were there. And I'm going way back with that. And that place that um, the fans have had their own identity. And I believe Kraken fans will. And I think it will extend all over. And in today's world, as you know, uh, like this show, uh, like how we uh, consume 
anywhere and do it today. You don't have to be within striking distance of a, of a power signal for a radio station or satellite coordinates are needed or you have to be in that market to see a game. It's point of view presentation. You, if you want to see the Kraken or the Maple Leafs or the Canadians or the Edmonton Oilers, whoever it is, you can do it from wherever you are. And I think the Kraken will take advantage of that. From uh, where did it go? Sergeant Pickles watching. He says, hello again from Seattle, Rod. And what's up, John? Hashtag that's cracking hockey. Sergeant Pickles, 13, is watching from Seattle. Just what you were just saying. They're watching in Seattle here right now talking about the uh, Kraken. So how excited are you for the expansion draft? Because I remember, again, with my Golden Knights, long-suffering Golden Knights fan here, once they had that draft, we got a team, right? We got players. So how excited are the people in the organization in Seattle itself to have players after July or on July 21st, John? Well, the hockey people are sequestered, and good luck finding them or hearing from them. Um, as you know, I have a, a and have had a great personal relationship with Ron Francis, going all the way back to Hartford, and um, so that that's that's kind of different now because I work on the business side, he works on the hockey side. A lot of people say, "Well, gee, you know, Ronnie," and Ronnie did help a little bit, but it's a world, so I haven't spoken to Ron since maybe midway through the season. Um, I know that he will keep everything close to the vest. He always has. So how does this affect everybody else? Here's my analogy. If you were a kid that around Christmas time that wanted to look at the presents and tried to guess what a package was, maybe most kids were like this, uh, you would do so. You would poke around a little bit. But when I was a kid, uh, I was going to see it. I didn't want to know it. I wanted to really be surprised on Christmas Day. And as you know, hearkening back to the Golden Knights, it's all a big buildup, and then it finally happens. And when you finally see the names and you finally, you know, the thinking behind these selections, because as you know, Rod, they go in a lot of different ways. There are players who will be part of it day one. There are players who will be traded somewhere else or play in the minors or their prospects go into each pick and then the signings that follow and the trades that happen too. So because of that, I'm not wasting a lot of time with mock drafts or thinking too much. I'm going to wait and see what it is. Then the Kraken will have a roster and away we go. And the fans will be completely jacked up. I'm excited as can be for this. And, uh, and that's just the first step. And then in a day or two, it's the entry draft and we have the first round where they have the second overall pick player and then the, the ensuing draft. And we get to free agency in the offseason, and we'll finally get to preseason and beyond, and that'll be great. Well, buddy, the uh, I think only the old-time Western Hockey League guys like myself in the league from 93 to 2010 understand what a great hockey town that is. If you haven't been there, you wouldn't know. I've done yeah. many games out of the Key Arena. And what is the name of the new barn, A and B? Have you been in there yet? And C, will it look anything like no. the old Key Arena? No. The, the roof is there, so everything else is new and all tricked out, but they kept the, the, the iconic roof. Um, it was my understanding also, and I have not been there yet, so I will tour it, I hope, this week um, and see it firsthand. But I've been involved in some meetings and planning, and I've seen you know the, the visuals as we moved along with this process, both not only the arena, Climate Pledge Arena, but also the practice facility, which players in the organization and the community with three ranks. Uh, it's going to be the, um, the focal point of the uh, youth hockey in Seattle. Again, kind of 
dovetailing what's already in place. That's the beauty of this. I think there's a lot of newness attached, obviously, as an expansion franchise. But you're right. You're going to an area where there is hockey tradition, where there are hockey fans, uh, tremendous junior hockey, tremendous youth hockey. Many players from that area have matriculated to the National Hockey League. So um, it's not like coming here. When we came here in 97, territory and there were a lot of people who didn't even understand why the carolina hurricanes were attempting this relocation from hartford but once the team was here once the people got in the building once they got to experience the stanley cup playoffs the magic was there the same thing will happen here because uh, as you know once you see a game live you're hooked and some of the best fans i encountered in raleigh rod were the ones that had no clue about hockey they were the ones that became the most uh, addicted to the sport i think the same thing will happen Absolutely. Uh, John Forslund with us, the TV voice of the Seattle Kraken. So a couple of somewhat personal questions. Uh, Dean Chanelth going from the Hurricanes to the lease. I want, just want your, your take on that. 2007, I remember Dean Chanel saying to me, and you know how he talks, everybody's got a blog nowadays, Roddy. And I, yeah, <laughs> what, so that voice, yeah, he's got right. that pitch to his voice. Right. right, and yeah, now, well, now what I say is everybody's got a podcast nowadays. <laughs> but I'll never forget Dean Chinny yeah. saying back, "Everybody's got a blog nowadays." Roddy, um, yeah. were you surprised uh, at that move, especially with Rod Brindamore with what's rolling with the Canes? Yeah, in a couple of ways. I'll try to explain it the best I can. First of all, Dino and I go back to Springfield uh, when he was an Islander draft choice in the late '80s, um, and it was great to kind of come all the way around and, and work with him again. Uh, for those years that I was, you know, his first two years as a hurricane. And I was there for, as you know, the first one and then uh, three quarters of the second one. And then we paused and then everything blew up and I went away. Um, with him, I can't speak to his situation. I can only speak to what I saw from the outside. He did a fantastic job. He did a fantastic job with the defense. He did a great job individually with Dougie Hamilton. Okay, When Dougie Hamilton came here, as you know, he was still an enigma to many. Uh, there was a lot of stuff said about him, uh, both from Calgary and from Boston. But Dean did his homework around the league with uh, other guys who had coached him and then decided to take his own approach, and it really worked. I think he tapped into his skill set. He tapped into his mindset. He did. I know he did a remarkable job, and he did a great job with their penalty killing here, as you know, among the elite in the NHL over the last few seasons. So what puzzles me is that there was a lot of conjecture surrounding Brenda Moore's contract. And I went down this road individually with, with the owner, Tom Dundon, so I can speak to it. Uh, there isn't an easy negotiation, and mine really wasn't a negotiation. It was a totally different scene. Uh, but there isn't anything easy about anything that happens with this group. And I, you can't, you have to respect what they've been able to do. Now, since Dundon bought the team, they've had the greatest success they've had maybe ever in terms of the next to the next, because it's been a lot of one and done, win the cup, not make the playoffs, make the conference finals, not make the playoffs for 10 years. You know, there's been some great moments in Raleigh. There've been some moments that are a little sketchy. So I want to say that at, at the front of it, but then when you look at what happened with Brindamore, I feel he should have been signed, sealed, and delivered during the season and extended at some point. And right after the playoffs, he should have been. But there was this uh, delay, and then there was things said about maybe him moving on and maybe going to Seattle. Anyway, it worked out for him. He tried to secure his staff the best he could, and he did. And I thought Dean was part of it. Then all of a sudden, Dean left. So I think things broke down here. This is my opinion. Nobody else. 
else's. Uh, he must have had an issue with what he was offered, so good for him. He's a great coach. He's gone to a, a big market, big, big, big profile team. He'll do a wonderful job there taking over and in, in, in Dave Haxtell's spot, who's now the head coach of Seattle. So, you know, good for him. And, uh, you know, he's a lifer in this game going all the way back to his dad, just a great family and a great human being. I'm happy for him. I am too, and I, that was a highly, highly, highly coveted job with the Leafs. Highly. And, yeah. I mean, we've been around the right. block, you and I, a few times, and uh, so nothing should surprise us anymore. So when I saw Dean get hired by the Leafs, I was happy, and I'm like, ah, who knows what happened in Carolina. Uh, life moves on. And speaking of all that, I'll, I'll wind this up here, John. From the, when the first time you were on my show, you know what a wonderful world the hockey community is. They're all like, oh, John, John Forslund. I was with him in the New York days. I was with him in the Springfield days. <laughs> where, where did you t- talk um. about, where did it start? Just take me through the road here in the two minutes that we have left for John Forslund that, that's ended up in Seattle. Okay, so, I mean, it started when I was 10 years old when I heard Dan Kelly call Bobby Orr's goal. The Bruins won the Cup in 1970. Mm-hmm. I, like so many kids in New England, um, got hooked so i got hooked not on the game yes the game no question about it but the cadence of his call so i started you know just being a closet announcer as a a hobby in the tape recorder and so on um went through college didn't go to school for this but was given some advice after taking one course that i could pursue it someday if i ever got a chance i was given a chance in the minor leagues uh, by a guy named was the owner of the Springfield Indians. He's a he's a player agent today. He's my agent today, as a matter of fact. Anyway, he hired me in 1984. I worked there for seven years. I was lucky enough to go to Hartford. And then Jimmy Rutherford gave me a chance when they bought the team to become the full-time television announcer in 1990. And I moved here with Carolina in 97. Uh, and then the rest is history here, 23 years. And then the contract broke down. Then I was lucky enough to uh, have the presented to me, which I'm really grateful for, because as an announcer, who gets a second chance to do something like this? And in and around all of this national work, lucky to be part of ESPN's coverage back in the day in the United States, the NHL on NBC since 2011, and now hopefully, you know, moving forward with one of the national packages, mm-hmm. I hope to. If not, I'm good, um, because I have this uh, this journey ahead of me and this next part of my career, which is uh, which I'm blessed. I am blessed, Rod, to get this chance to be the voice of the Kraken, no doubt. Well, I'll tell you, I really, really, really enjoy watching your games. And uh, Thanks. you'll be the one reason I cheer for the Kraken, but not against the Vegas Golden Knights this year. There seems to be a rivalry already. Okay. I'm, I'm feeling that. Are you feeling between those two teams? Yeah, there'll be a rivalry with them because of what they did and, and all they hear about in Seattle going to win the cup in the first year and do better than Vegas because that bar is really high, right? So they have to win the cup in the first season. But how about the rivalry with Vancouver? Hopefully we get everything straightened out border-wise and we get, you know, able to get things going on a normal 82-game schedule in that division. But yes, there will be uh, there'll be a lot of great rivalries that will be uh, kindled, maybe um, but there, there will be a lot of great things and there will be, this is what I like, Rod, there will be 20-plus rivalries every time an individual goes back to wherever they came from. So whenever Dave Haxtall coaches against Toronto, most importantly, Philadelphia, 
that's great on him. His staff, the same thing. But every player, like the Golden Knights, the band of misfits, right? They were These players aren't necessarily cast aside, but there's a reason they are unprotected. And these guys don't forget that. So every time one of those players goes back to that city, we've got a big story on our It'd really be exciting. Uh, Sergeant Pickle says, glad to have you, John. I hope you become as big an icon for Seattle as the late, great Dave Niehaus. So that's from Sergeant Pickles. And that, that, so. that Vancouver-Seattle rivalry, I think they're going to have the ambulance circun- circling the rinks uh, in both locations. I'm serious, <laughs> yes. John. Yes. From, from the Vancouver side, that's what I'm hearing from Vancouver. I don't know what it's going to be like in Seattle, but I'm sure they'll match it. But anyways, they're telling me i got to run. Always great. Enjoy the rest of the right. summer, my man. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Thank you, the, Rob. Uh, Keep up the great work. Thanks for thank having Thank you, buddy. Me. The uh, television voice of the Seattle Kraken. Let's get Kraken. John Forsland uh, joining us from Raleigh, North Carolina. We'll be right back with a sports update. Moose will be back here. It is the RP Show, and you are watching on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube, and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm going to fly through the sports update here because you already know what's going on. I'm just going to say it anyways, Darren. Make it eight wins in a row for the American League. Shohei Otani pitched a perfect inning. Vladimir Guerrero and Mike Zunino both went deep. And the American League All-Stars beat the National League 5-2 at Coors Field on Tuesday night. Meanwhile, Vladdy Jr.'s performance last night made him the youngest All-Star MVP in history. That hot boy launched a shot 468 feet, the longest in in All-Star home run history. Well, at least since they started tracking that with stat uh, cast in 2015. So uh, kudos, Vladdy Jr. Uh, the Phoenix Suns will visit the Milwaukee Bucks tonight with a 2-1 lead in the NBA Finals. Phoenix took the first two at home before Milwaukee responded with a 120-100 victory in Game 3. Uh, Yanis Antetokounmpo has put back-to-back 40-point outings and says his left knee's feeling even better following two days of rest between Games 3 and 4. I got it written down here. 7 p.m. Mountain tonight, Moose. Turns out that Kawhi Leonard's knee injury was a lot more serious than the Clippers originally announced. The all-star forward has undergone surgery to repair a partial tear of his right ACL. Leonard uh, first got hurt in game four, the team's second-round series against the Utah Jazz. Kawhi Leonard, uh, top three all-time best Raptors, top five. Oh, yeah. he's Not number one, though. Not my my number one. This sports update for dubnetwork.ca, your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and analysis with the best team of writers across the Pacific Northwest and Western Canada. Visit today, dubnetwork.ca. And for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars, now with eight amazing flavors, including the new Almond Mocha. RP Show viewers get 20% off with the promo code RPSHOW. Order yours today at g2gbars.ca. Speaking of breaking Western Hockey League news, were you able to find those, Clark? Every Okay, okay, cool. Let's we'll do this first. So breaking news out of Portland today. Portland, Oregon, where this show airs on Game Plus Television on the TDS cable carrier in uh, Portland. The Winterhawks have come out with a new logo, and I understand, I guess, that they had to change it, but this is their new logo, the Portland Winterhawks, who have been in that market since 1977. Uh, I think we should face off on this. 
Clark is trying to find the old Tri-City Americans logo. So, and somebody actually texted this into the, the show here on the Prairie Mobile text line from the 960, Portland Winterhawks, new logos. You can come back to me here, guys. Where is it? Uh, Portland Winterhawks, new logo. It's almost identical to the old Tri-City Americans logo. Can you not find it, Clark? Maybe i got to go to my big board here. You're just trying to... Oh, but you see it. You just... ah. If it's blurry, who cares? I don't, you don't even know what I'm talking about. No, and that's why, because I haven't covered this league nearly as long as you have, I look at that Portland logo, and I don't know if we can see it again, but I think it's really bad. You think it's you think it's fire? I think it's great. I I wish they hadn't changed it because I like the old ones better. Yeah, and I disagree that they maybe needed to change it, but that's just me. Um, but okay. for, for a new logo, I like it, and I like the little P with the Winter Hawks established nineteen seventy six. But that's old. They've had that forever. Right. I thought like that as an alternative. Boy, do people go nuts. About logos. And I get it. Clearly, yeah. we are, too. Um, from Randolph Zora in Ontario. Says it looks like the Eagles logo. From Chris Bird in Toronto. That's a solid logo. From Jordan Ewart. He says, as a kid, Portland was a team I always wanted to see because of their jerseys. Right? Oh, yeah. But not anymore. They've changed them. And I guess it was deemed offensive. I don't know. Clark, did you say that you have some more? Throw them up. He says he's got them. So these are the old... Tri-City logos, all of them. See? See what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Just go through them. Go. Bird. 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 That one. That one right there. That's my fave, probably. That's the one that's probably the closest. Yeah, that's probably the closest so, to the Portland one. So, Janelle in Saskatoon writes in. She says, I like it. I didn't say I didn't like it. I'm just saying it reminds me a heck of a lot of their top rival, the Tri-City Americans old logo. So I don't know. That would be like the Pats adopting the old Warriors logo. Sorry. That's our face-off, by the way, because we had to do one anyways. I'm giving a thumbs down to the new Portland logo. I'm sorry. Don't at me. I sense you're not. I give it a thumbs up. I think it looks really sharp. I really do. And I, if I was around back then, I'd probably say it's a rip-off of the Tri-City Americans logo, and I wouldn't like it. But I'm not in the Pacific Northwest. I didn't watch the Tri-City Americans at that time. I like it. I give it a thumbs up. <sighs> sure. You're going to go run out and buy your Portland Winterhawks I am uh, merchandise? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the face-off's brought to you by the Mad Greek and Moose Jaw. Don't want to dine in? Takeout windows now open and delivery is available. Head to themadgreekeatery.com today. They're located on Main Street in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. And for the ultimate fan zone, now shipping... Canada-wide, get official team gear right to your door. Visit ultimatefanzone.ca today. Overtime's next. Viewer takeover. Questions coming in from as far away as Mexico, and I'm going to get to yours, Armando. We'll be right back on Game Plus TV, YouTube, and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. 
Welcome back, and thanks for hanging with us, everybody, today. Hasn't it been spicy today? Today's show brought to you by the spicy habanero sauce at McDonald's. <laughs> um, it is overtime. It's viewer takeover. We already got the face-off out of the way. And as I say, I got to give the Portland Winterhawks new logo a thumbs down. I'm, I'm sorry. Mostly because you and I just have to argue about something. That's the new logo. And as we just showed, if you don't mind, do you still have the Tri-City logos, Clark? If not, it's okay. Uh, you, you saw it. It just reminds me of the old Tri-City logos. I don't, I don't understand, but <clears throat> change is good, they say. Yes. Uh, another was talking early. Sid Sixero was with us in hour one, talking about his move from the highly popular, long-running program on Rogers Sportsnet, primetime, Tim and Sid, to breakfast television in Toronto. And Sid and I worked together at The Score. We're part of that huge group of Score alumni, Elliot Friedman. What did I say? Elliot? Everybody. 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 So DG in Saskatoon writes in, and he says, Morning, guys. What I remember most about your time at The Score, Roddy, is that you were the first Saskatchewan correspondent on a Canadian national sports network. Before that, it would be an Edmonton or Calgary or Winnipeg reporter coming in. It made Saskatchewan feel big time. That came about the same time as blackouts started being lifted for Riders games. Both led to the golden age in Saskatchewan. Signed, DG in Saskatoon. And I'm thinking... I feel a little like Don Cherry when he said he came on the show and said he thinks people would forget about him. Thank you for remembering that, DG, and, re and remembering that I was the first national correspondent on a national television network in this country a couple decades ago. And now this is the first television program airing daily on national television out of this market. First ever. Should be headline news every day. And people are like, eh, whatever. Around here. I know. I know. <laughs> I don't get it. Right. But whatevs. Um, we'll just keep doing our thing. So Armando, where was, could you guys find that question about Armando? We had a question about Vladdy. Here it is. How do you Canadian people, how do you people in Canada feel towards Vladdy Jr.? Do you really consider him to represent Canada or see him as a guy that somehow was born there, but doesn't represent you? We see him as, okay, I'll speak for myself. I see him. I just started calling him hot boy today. I love Vladdy. I've loved him since he was fat. And now he's in shape. Youngest all-star ever. I just love him. How do I think about him? What, is he going to play for Canada? He hasn't yet. But he was born here. Doesn't speak English. Figure that one out. Yeah. How do I look at him? I look at him as, as Vladdy, a star of the Toronto Blue Jays. And if he wants to represent Canada internationally down the line, yeah, yeah we'll take him. If he doesn't, that's fine too. I want him to succeed with the Toronto Blue Jays. And if he ends up doing that and he ends up in the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, that would be an appropriate place for him. Brady in Saskatoon is writing in saying that Vladdy needs to go to the Hall of Fame right now, Cooperstown. And I'm like, stop, stop it. Hasn't won a World Series, hasn't won a gold glove. And have you seen him? Probably won't. He's at the dish is where he's at home. Yes. Right? So Vladdy's Vladdy. Let him decide what he wants to do. He's on track to being a Hall of Famer. He's on track, but again, very young into his career. He's got to go a long way to get there. And, uh, but there's no reason to think that he won't. And very proud of him. And, yeah. you know, it's funny. Anytime I see somebody having success with the Jays or I watch that team and, you know, I thought the same way about Carlos Delgado and Sean Green and Alex Rodriguez and, or Alex Gonzalez, sorry. 
And all these guys who played significant time with the Blue Jays and had success, Roy Halladay, I considered them Canadians. They played for Canada's team. So yeah. I thought of them as Canada's ball players, even if they weren't from here. Well, Jeff in the zone writes in on YouTube and he says, do you guys think that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will win the MVP this year? Let's just consider as of last night, we're halfway through the season. The regular season. He's not leading the majors in home runs right now. Guess who is? Shohei Otani, who was the starting pitcher for the American League last night. It's Shohei Otani's award right now to lose. Correct? That's right. Brady in Saskatoon says, hey, Rod, on the bus, on the way to work here in sunny and hot Saskatoon, Vladdy became the youngest Major League All-Star MVP last night. I'm predicting him being in the Pro Baseball Hall of Fame. It's a no-brainer. Brady's 19. He's just young. You don't understand. Uh, what else? John Ohm says, Rod needs to take this show to XM Radio. Well, we've talked to them, right? They want it to be on their terms. That's right. Homie, don't play that game. Uh, from Tacona Pauli watching in Winnipeg. Rod, I don't recall you on this score, but my memory's not the best. Do you want me to send you a photo? Those were some great days. Randolph in Ontario says, remember Valenzuela's great MLB career? And he didn't speak English. Fernando Valenzuela. He used to. You wouldn't remember him. You're too young. He looked a little bit like Freddie Fender, the former country star. Fernando Valenzuela would, from his ankles, come back. And as he was pitching, he would look up almost like he was praying. Yeah, like, I'm like, how are you taking your eyes off the plate? Because a lot of guys... Zero in. Right. No. Do you people remember that? Tell me if you do. <laughs> John in Winnipeg, you don't get into any Hall of Fame with one year of work. Uh, not usually, no. Well, it's been a fun day today, as I said, spicy. Coming up tomorrow, Mitch Love, the new coach of the Stockton Heat of the American Hockey League, and also Damon Allen. Clark, were you reading my diary? How about that? Because I was exactly thinking we got to get DA on the show, and it's happening tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't wait. What else do you he have to say? He is so cool. Damon? And, oh, yeah. Oh, Damon God. Allen is literally the coolest guy, and I'm excited. And now he's got a really good <laughs> Michael Alley's watching in Los Angeles. He says, yes, old guy in L.A. remembers. He remembers. <laughs> Darren Workman. Oh, you guys all start writing in now. See you tomorrow. Angering people is a gift of mine. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com.